Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's it's important. I think people need uh, to look back and to, to 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 understand what happened. Happened. I think uh, there should be not just the government running this. I think they should have a a pretty decent sort of request for people's input into it, and that's from all sort of uh, parts of society. And there should be sort of a national engagement with this, you know, if possible. You know, I mean, lots of people might not be interested in in doing that, but I think for sure people should be included in this and it shouldn't just be coming out from government. It should be, in the first instance, the government's request for people's input and for people's uh, thoughts on what happened, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, all parts of it. And uh, I think you can achieve a, at least two things. One is a formal statement of what happened, if you like, you know, to to write that down, to have have that uh, on the record, you know, how people saw it, you know, how decisions got made and so on. And then the second one is, of course, to look to the future to say, you know, if there's ever a, a sort of a, a global catastrophe or, or something really terrible happens, um, what did we learn from this particular time that we can ever use again in the future? So things, things about governance, things about structures, things about the healthcare systems and so on. In terms, James, of whether it should be a public or private <coughs> inquiry, you know, as Michal Martin says, they want to establish what went right, what went wrong. It's believed its purpose is, you know, not to find fault with any person or body in particular, but to inform the response to future public health emergencies. If that is the case, surely it has to be held publicly then if the, the finger of blame I, isn't going to be pointed at anyone I, I, and embarrass them. I think, I think, yeah, I think, you know, if you, if you start going at this with the idea that you're going to point fingers at people, then people will be very reluctant to even get involved and so on. And it'd be difficult to get people compelled. Um, I think the public have to be involved. I think really, you know, we all participated in the pandemic. We were all, you know, afraid of it. We we, we, we all have family members affected by it. We, we, we need to be involved in, in it. Um, I don't, particularly think that many people want your know, deep involvement but they want to be heard uh the the families of people that that um you know the, the victims of this virus they want to be heard um i think we want to understand how decisions got made how the routes to those decisions were at any given time um you know, what was the balance between what maybe scientists were saying about uh, about, about the future, what politicians were, were saying, what you know, patient groups were saying, what the what the doctors were saying, and, and so on. And uh, um, you know, unless there's you know full participation by everybody and it's fairly public, uh, then I don't think it'll have much use. Um, but as for pointing fingers, then as well, I, you know, once you if you set out with that sort of idea, then you're going to find it very difficult to get a lot of the players to um, to to participate if if they feel it's just a, an exercise like that. What particular areas or elements of the state's handling of the pandemic, James, do you feel need to be included or have particular focus on in, in any such inquiry? Okay, so I think that, um, you know, emergency response and, and so on, you know, was that up to it in the beginning, you know, at the very, very beginning, you know, uh, how were, you know, March 2020 was a particular time, you know, we knew that we didn't have a good immune system, we didn't have much immunity to this, uh, to this virus, and Italy was literally on fire at that stage, you know, things, things, things were really bad. How quickly and how efficiently did 
did uh, you know the response to this come together? How well was that done? Who took the decisions? How were those decisions made? What was the balance uh, in that? Were you talking about all the non-pharmaceutical interventions? You know, how did we get to the you know to, to, to you know where we had enough PPE? To you know, all of these these things uh, need need to be looked at. Um, and um, and then as well, there were there was emergency legislation. I'm not particularly strong on legislation, and I don't know know too much. But things brought in, you know, how did that happen? How was that drafted? You know, and then taken off the statute book. So all of those things. Um, and to be able to look back and to say, if something really terrible happened again, we would we would do this, we wouldn't do that. You know, that sort of thing, I think, is, is the most useful thing for this this whole exercise. I was interested in some some of the points made by people who were at the coal face. Um, so Professor Jack Lambert from UCD saying the structure of NEFIT was problematic. Martin Cormigan, the professor who himself was a, a member of NEFIT, he believed the state excessively limited basic freedoms for too long and depended too much on fear to influence behaviour. Is there would would you hold any sway with any of that? Oh, yeah, so, so I think Martin um, you know, was not always um, agreeing with with Neffet, and he's he's a tremendous microbiologist or a clinical clinical microbiologist. I think you'd have to look at it, and you'd have to sort of maybe dig into uh, what Martin was talking about there. Uh, were, were there particular times when he felt it was too too much? Um, you one of the things is that it's very very easy always to to look in the rearview mirror as well and sort of say say oh we should have done this or should have done this and that. I think it's important on any given day to say, well, what was the knowledge at that particular time? You know, what did we know about and what did we not know about? And sometimes you have to make predictions. Most of the time, I think those predictions were fairly good, uh, but occasionally they weren't. So I'd certainly listen to to, to uh, Martin. I don't know the first person's name. Sorry, I missed it. Uh, Professor Jack name. Lambert from UCD. Yeah. Okay, and and I think you have to listen. You've got to ask them what they you know, you know to to contribute in that sense, and to sort of say, well, this was what we felt was too much or, or was wrong, and then to you know if there's actions to be taken from that, to take actions from that. Yeah, I suppose just lastly and briefly, we've seen previous inquiries, as you well know, in this country, James, go on for for years and cost a lot a lot of money, and you know it doesn't feel as if much emerges from them. Is it important that any inquiry into the handling of COVID nineteen it happens in a swift uh, and timely manner. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's three years from the from the beginning of the COVID pandemic now. I mean, so your know, time does does go on. People can't remember things terribly terribly well. They feel differently about this, and so on. I think you should get a, an independent chair. I'm not even sure you should get an Irish person, but you shouldn't get a scientist or a medic or a politician or a business person um, uh, involved. Um, uh, somebody who who just wants to to to, to understand it. It should be as it should be as fast as possible, but no faster than that. I think people do need to make make contributions uh, to it. I think we need to compare ourselves to the UK, to other countries that were similar, uh, to, to do all of those comparisons. But I think you're right. Fairly, fairly quick, but with a good amount of national involvement. I think that would be ideal. Uh, it would be perfect if they could do that.